Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. I invite you to go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to be in verse 4 to 9. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have to tell you how, how tough life can be. Really don't have to tell you how tough life can be. We can look on the, the large scale, you know, like on the world, and we can see what's going on politically, socially. Sometimes it seems like there's more injustice than there is justice. Um, just recently, there was an, an unfortunate uh, situation that took place where a pastor spoke not only misogyny and patriarchy from the pulpit, but also endorsed uh, sexual abuse. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Uh, it, that was tough for his congregation. It was tough for the church. Okay. Um, many of you are going through difficulties just in your own lives, right? On the job, at home, relationships with children, health concerns. And, uh, you know, FYI, we're still, although it seems to be getting better, but we're still in the pandemic. <laughs> So I don't have to spend a lot of time telling you about how tough life can be. But I think there's somebody in Scripture that we're going to see today that can relate, that knows what it is for life to be tough. As a matter of fact, he's writing this letter, Philippians, in a jail, in prison. He's experiencing injustice at the hands of an oppressor. And he's in Rome. And he's writing his letter in tough times to a church that's experiencing tough times. It's the church in Philippi where we get the book Philippians. The church in Philippi has been experiencing hardship. They've been experiencing persecution for their faith. You may remember some, just to kind of put a face or kind of an image in your mind as to who he's writing to, you may remember that, that this is the church where he met uh, Lydia. This is in the first church and the first convert he met, Lydia, in Greece, in Europe. Okay? And so Lydia is the seller of purple, if you remember, in Acts. She's wealthy. She's with some women. They're at the, by the water, by the river, and they're praying, and he goes there on Sabbath, and they convert. He speaks the gospel. They believe. Okay? So she's there, and it says her household believed. But you may also remember the story in Acts also of the Philippian jailer, the one who had him placed in prison, right? And as he's there in prison, the earthquake, you remember? And, and, and then, when, then, the prison doors go open, and he thinks, oh my goodness, the prison, uh, the prisoners have escaped. And Paul said, whoa, whoa, whoa don't, don't harm yourself, because he was getting ready to take his life, because he would have been in serious jeopardy with the Roman authorities had he let the prisoners go free. And that night, he converts, what must I do to be saved, yeah? Okay, and his whole household believes. This is some of the people he's writing to. They're going through tough times. But then he says something, if you're there in your Bible, in verse 4, that should blow us all away, knowing his situation, okay, and knowing their situation. He says, rejoice. 
and, and, and don't just rejoice. He, he adds some emphasis you'll see there in the text. Rejoice always. Then he adds again. And again, I say, <laughs> rejoice. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, is that just pie-in-the-sky thinking? Is, is he real? He's in jail. He's experiencing injustice. He's writing to a church that's going through tough times. Really, Paul? Like, rejoice always? And then he says something else about our Christian character. And thank you, Paul, for reminding me how I need to be as a follower of Christ. He says, now, and let your gentleness be known to all men all the time. So rejoice always. I'm just supposed to be always rejoicing. Smile on the face. And then I'm supposed to be gentle. How many of you are going through a rough time? You find it difficult to just be nice all the time. Yeah, it can be a little irritable maybe, a little bit impatient. Mm, how about seeing me at the end of my day when I'm really tired and exhausted and the kids just don't want to listen? Mm, Pastor CJ, what's going on there? Yeah, always he says. So, so listen, it's got to be going through your mind. It was going through my mind uh, a few weeks ago. Ruth, you know what I'm talking about. I had a, there was an accident. My daughter had to be rushed to the hospital the emergency room, and the accident happened under my watch. How many parents have ever been there? She's okay. She's okay. But I didn't feel like rejoicing. Ruth had to pray for me and others. Is this real talk? We just got out of Thanksgiving. Maybe some of you are eating leftovers, but did you? Did you find it difficult to be thankful? Did you just eat? How do, we, how, how do we become, really, Paul, if we're talking to Paul one-on-one, -on -one, how do we become the kind of person that rejoices always and is gentle to everyone all the time? And if we come to the text, let's go to verse number six. Paul tells us two things I want to share with you today. Verse number, verse number six. Oh, and by the way, just to add emphasis, he says, oh, and by the way, rejoice always and be gentle to everybody. Uh, the Lord is at hand, Adventists. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> right? Come with me now. Verse number six, be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, here's our word, with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Oh, and I love verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Or if you're in, if you're in some of your translations, in Christ Jesus, or through union with Jesus. Yeah? Through faith and the relationship. So is this, is, this, is this real? Be anxious for nothing? Am I never to be anxious? Some of you might remember, your, you know, those of you that have been in the church for a while, you may know your Bible. You may know in Psalms, David, he'll say, when I am uh, afraid, I will trust in you. There's even a little song that we sing. You know, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. Notice he didn't say, um, I never get afraid because I always trust in God. What did he say? He said, when I'm afraid. See, when Paul here says, be anxious for nothing, some of us may go through, go through this kind of process in our thinking, like, really? You know, a dog comes out of the woods, I'm not supposed to be a little anxious, <laughs> right? 
No, see, what he's saying is not that you won't ever experience anxiety. What he is saying is you have a choice when you feel anxious. There's something I want to prescribe. You can do this. He says, and if you want to go to the next slide, he says that if you want to be the kind of person that, 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 that is rejoicing always, is gentle with everyone, he says what you can try to do is, is, is regularly engage in choosing prayer over anxiety. That's what he's saying. When you feel the anxiety, you feel overwhelmed with life, anybody, right? The bills need to be paid. There's stuff going on on the job. When you feel triggered by that person, he says you can choose in that moment when you feel it, when you feel the anxiety, when you feel the worry rising up, you can choose to pray. I think Daniel understood what that was like, yeah? Daniel, if you remember back in the book of Daniel, he's a prophet. He's working for the, the government. He's working for Babylon. Uh, no, excuse me, he was working for Babylon. Now he's working for Medo-Persia. And as he's there, he's got some haters. They conspire. They twist the law through manipulating the king. And so basically you can't pray to any other god but the king. But he's always praying. He's always chosen to, prayer, to pray. The Bible lets us know he prays three times a day. And you would think that if there's a death decree, which is what he experienced, right, if he continued this praying, you would think he maybe felt a little anxiety, Yeah. You think he was superhuman? You think he may have felt just a little bit, the nerves, the blood rushing a little bit? I think so. But he knew that his lifeline was prayer, his connection to Yahweh. And he just kept doing what he'd always been doing. If you remember the story, he could have just closed the blinds, yeah? Close the curtains and just keep praying. But Daniel chose to pray over anxiety, over remaining in anxiety, even at the threat of his own life. And God responded, yes, we know, and he was saved from that situation. But what about you? What about when that person cuts you off in traffic and some words want to rise up that you never say, right? <laughs> How about we choose in that moment, prayer, instead of the last resort, we make it the first resort. You see, he gives us some tips there some counsel on how to pray. He talks about supplication, and he talks about, you know, make your requests known. And yes, we come with our laundry list, yeah, of things we want God to do for us. But I love that he takes time to say, but, you know, just remember to thank God. You ever just wonder if God's just up there? We sometimes think of him as Santa Claus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, all right, you need that, you need that. Yes, yes, yes. Do you ever just wonder if sometimes God's just going, you know, I just haven't heard you say thank you in about two years. Or maybe the last Thanksgiving, you said thank you for the meal. You know, God wants to hear some words of affirmation. Be thankful. Pray. And look, what, look at the result, he says. Look, the peace of God that passes all understanding, yeah, will guard your hearts. You ever just thought about those words? Like people can look at you and see you in a situation where you shouldn't have peace. doesn't make sense. But you're calm. You're peaceful. You're praying. Maybe initially you were a little anxious, but now you're, you're just chill. And they want to know what you got. That's what he's saying. It'll come over you as you're engaged in intentional prayer. You just make it a part of your life. Yeah, you can have three times. Like I try to do the three times a day thing, maybe around a meal, you know, pause to pray. Invite the presence of God into your life, into that situation. But what about just 
when you're looking to pick what you want to eat and what you want to wear? What about just involving God in your life? Just conversation, yeah? Peace of God. What about guarding your heart? You ever thought about that? Protecting your heart? From what? From whatever robs you from peace. Whatever's triggering you to be anxious. In that union with Christ, as you're praying, there's something supernatural that happens that literally guards your mind, your heart. How many of you, how many of you need that? <laughs> I know I do. But come with me now. Verse number eight. He gives us one more thing. One more thing. He says, finally, brethren, and brethren there, listen, this is just the language here, New King James translation. This is just everybody, right? Family of God. He says, finally, brethren, brothers and sisters, whatever things are, listen, true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate or think on these things. And then verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And listen, listen to the result again. And the peace, the God rather, of peace will be with you. You see a pattern to what we just read just a moment ago? He gives you some kind of a prescription and then he says peace is the result. You see, what, what, what Paul is letting us know here is, is that whatever you're fixing your mind on, it's either helping you or it's not. And I'm going to step on some toes here just for a second, mine included, so don't worry about it, all right? What, what, whatever you're watching, listening to, it, it actually affects you. Do you know that? Whatever you're scrolling through, whatever you're clicking it affects you. We can pretend that it doesn't, but, it, but there's actually studies to show that it does. Sometimes we're scrolling or we're watching or we're listening, sometimes because what we want is peace of mind, yeah? We want to release, you know, uh, decompress. But sometimes it just kind of dangles the carrot. It really doesn't deliver, yeah? And so you keep scrolling. And you keep doing whatever. And so it gives you the impression that it's going to give you this peace, but really it doesn't. Paul, Holy Spirit through Paul says here, listen, you want to go to the next slide. You want to be the kind of person that's rejoicing all the time, that's like praising God and thanking God all the time, not just on one day a year. And you want to be gentle to people when you're going through tough times. He says, meditate on good things. Meditate on good things. Fill your mind with things that are good. Now you would go, hey, Pastor CJ, you're a pastor and Paul's a... a apostle, he's probably thinking just scripture, yeah? Should we be meditating on scripture? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like the Bible just like is constantly telling us that. But notice what he said. He kind of said things that were kind of beyond just scripture. Did you see that? He just kind of gave you principles. Whatever things are good, whatever things are pure, lovely, good report, yeah? Like fill your mind with those things. There's beauty in the world that's not tainted necessarily, right? That's not corrupting to you, yeah? Uh, is there just some beautiful music that's not like pulling you away from Jesus, but you can kind of even see the beauty of God, in it, right? 
there, there, there's things that, yes, Bible is foundational, but there's things that God is still moving in and through out there in the world that you can, if it's positive, fill your mind with those things. You ever remember the movie, uh, not the movie, the documentary, Super Size Me? Anybody remember that? Remember that? Like, this is like decades. Is it decades? I'm getting older. Maybe a decade. I don't remember how long. And it's this experiment this guy did. Basically, he ate a lot of junk food. I think it was McDonald's, and I think it was just that. And he was just basically just pumping his body with a lot of unhealthy things. And the guy got really sick. Like, he almost died in the documentary. He was making a point, yeah? That whatever you fill your body with, like, it affects your health, right? So you need to make better healthy choices. Well, guys, this is what happens to us up here, mentally, spiritually. Whatever we're filling our minds with, whatever we're focusing on, it affects us. It really does. And Paul says, look, you're going through tough times. Fill your mind with good things, good music. Yeah, the word of God. He says something else here that I wasn't really expecting. Because when I read this, I kind of gloss over this. He says, hey, the things that you learned from me, Remember those things that I taught you? Remember when you came to Vienna? Remember that Bible study you were in? That Sabbath school class? And remember the things that you saw in your parents and in that really spiritual person, that person that discipled you? Yeah. Apply those things to your life. Think on those things too. Have you experienced someone show you how to be a follower of Jesus? He says, meditate. Think about that. It's not just the information, it's the transformation in the context of relationships. You remember that? Think on that. Because guess what? The God of peace will be with you. The God of peace gives us peace primarily through the cross of Christ. If you want to go to the next slide. We have peace with God. And we have peace. Actually, the next slide, please. And you, want, you have peace with each other as you receive the grace of God in Christ. How many of you have ever just felt like, you know what, I just felt like the lightning bolt is going to come at any moment? Oh, I stumbled this week. Lord, have mercy. How am I even going to go to church? People will say this. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Well, welcome to the club, <laughs> right? And receive the grace of God. Because guess what happens when you receive the clean slate? You receive peace with God. There's no enmity, if you want to go to the next slide. There's no enmity. There's no separation, right? You and God are good through the cross of Christ. But what happens in a community of people that have peace with God? You have peace with each other. You have peace in your home. You have peace on the job, even. How many of you want that kind of peace? Uh, Maybe everybody, no one here is experiencing a tough time. If you're experiencing a tough time and you want peace, I mean, if you want to just raise your hand, yeah? (laughs) Yes, amen. I'll put both hands up, yeah? I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus and receive that peace. You can go right now, if you're on your phone, you can go ahead, go to our website, unsda.org. The first banner that comes up is Connect Card. Click on that. There's some steps there that you'll see. We want to walk you through how you can receive the peace of God through Jesus. People go to therapy. They hear hear all the talk of mindfulness. Yeah. There's Eastern meditation. There's a lot of things that people are trying to do in order to have peace with God. And all the while, you know what the Bible is basically telling us today? Prayer and meditation. 
prayer and meditation and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall be yours in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.